Welcome to the top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Marissa Benet and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. This is Marissa Benet. I am here because Miss Jonna is out today. So you just you get me, which I think is great. So <laughs> that's great as well. Oh, well, hey, welcome to the top. I am here with fan of the podcast, fan and friend of the podcast, a faff, got Brad Benet, who also happens to be my dear, sweet husband. But actually, you were on the show before I was president. So like last year with uh, Ron Leach interview. So we're going to kind of change things a little bit. And it kind of builds off your last podcast because, you know, you talked about winning offers, you know, in this crazy market. But a part of that is being able to be really great with stats. And uh, you are my go-to expert. I'm pulling all kinds of wacky reports. And, um, you know, I kind of think of you as like the report guru. So, you know, some of these unique reports, you know, kind of tell me what your favorite ones are. Well, every day when I start my day, I go straight to the market watch in the MLS or the Netra system. They have a, a great report that I, I follow. I think it's it's something every agent should follow. And it's uh, essentially the the market watch of what's coming on the market, what's going off the market. And you know, it has a lot of other detail in it as well. But, you know, the most important things is, you know, wh- where is the inventory? Is it, Are we going negative on inventory? Are we going positive on inventory? You know, because that affects the uh, market altogether. So, I look at every day the new listings coming on, and then I look at the active option contract. So essentially, the new listings coming on tell me how many uh, homes are being added to the market while the uh, active options taking off the market. So today was interesting, and it's actually one of the first times I've seen this in a couple of weeks. Um, 1,617 homes came on the market, and 1,639 came off the market. Now, today is this is being recorded on a uh, Wednesday. Typically, I start seeing that number go up on Wednesdays because most people put their home on the market around Wednesday, Thursday. It's a little bit more on Friday. So, um, but the interesting thing for me that I've noticed because I follow this every week is this is the first time in several weeks that I've not, or in the last two to three weeks, that I've not seen um, over 2,000 homes hit the market. So, I'm hoping this is just a blip and tomorrow we'll be back over 2,000 because we were steadily growing in inventory. Um, you know, helping us flush out some of the buyers that are currently just looking to buy. And well, that's interesting because I mean, this week happens to be spring break. And honestly, I keep hearing people saying, Oh, I'm going to wait for May. I'm going to wait for school to get out. Cause I think there's going to be a huge influx in the market. And I just, I don't see that really solving our housing shortage problem, but I mean, these numbers seem like there's even less homes hitting the market than we would typically see. Oh yeah, by far. And matter of fact, I've got some real interesting stats on on the inventory numbers for uh, the last five years. And I'm not going to bore you with all five years, but I'm just going to talk about the <laughs> yeah, trends. Please don't read all five years yeah. out. So <laughs> yeah, we'll start week over week. Yeah, no, thank yeah, you. No, no, no thank you. Anything like that. Um, so here's the interesting thing. Um, February of two, 2020, we had 29,384 homes come on the market active okay. in the in the uh, Netra system. Um, and if you were to compare it against the last normal year we had, um, you know, well, actually, honestly, the, the February, the, the pandemic had not hit. So 2020 was the last normal February we'd had. And there was 56,566 home came on the market. So 
Now we're talking about a um, you know a significant difference in in how many homes are come on the market. Um, so I'd say that that um, we're still in a in a, a recovery zone. Last year we had thirty three thousand two hundred and six. So we're not really far off of last year, but the the inventory numbers are are definitely you know continuing to be very tight. Um, I'll tell you one of the things that that we deal with in the market that that's been um, you know kind of an eye opener when I was doing the stats for the show today. Yeah. Um, if you were to guess. What would be the highest list to sell market in Collin County right now? Now I live in Frisco, so <laughs> I know it's been really bonkers out there. So I'm going to say I think Frisco is the the craziest market right now. You know, I I seriously thought the th- same thing. I thought this would be super easy for me to just go. Okay, yeah, Frisco is definitely yeah, the hottest. Frisco, definitely. Um, okay, so average list to sell for Frisco in February of 2022, 100 percent of lists. That's it. Yeah. But I keep hearing, you know, I, I'm sorry. We've got all of our friends, you know, realtor friends out there posted on Facebook. Oh my gosh, we put a hundred thousand down. We didn't get the offer. I can't believe it. You know, where, where's what markets that happening in? Well, okay. So here's, what's interesting is in, 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 in the trend I think I'm seeing here is the, we're hearing about the crazy, but we're not hearing about the normal. And so and my experience in selling real estate is always the best houses, the nicest houses sell for the most amount of money. Yeah, beautiful so, designs just sell better. Absolutely. So when you look at the overall market, it is performing well. It's at 100% a list. But at the end of the day, it's the crazy nice houses they're selling for way over list price. Okay, But when you look at the average, because there's a lot of dogs out there that are just uh, need a lot of work. And what? You mean there's <laughs> ugly houses in Frisco? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so when you look at the average, it really came in at, in at 100%, which was really shocking to me, honestly. And here's the interesting thing is Frisco was actually uh, approximately number three um, best market in Collin County right now. The second best market in Collin County, it was. Drum roll, drum roll. Drum roll. What could it be? What could it be? Allen. Allen. You yeah. know what? I've had some listings in Allen that have gone just absolute bonkers. Well, Here's the reason they were the number two best um, market in uh, Collin County. And they came in at 101.3% average list per sale in February. That is absolutely nuts. I think it's going to go up in March. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I, I have a hunch that's going to creep up on us. I think we're, we're definitely going to see some, some upward projection on that. Now here's the interesting. Okay. If you're thinking, okay, now you've, I've said the top or the, the third and the, 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 the second and the third uh, homes, which one would you say is the, First, uh, you know, I'm going to say Plano only because so much of uh, Denton County kind of covers some of these other hot cities. A hundred and two point two percent of list in McKinney, Texas. And that's mar- that's factoring in all price ranges. All price ranges. That is just the snapshot of the market. It's yeah, hundred two point two February 2022. That is the highest list to sell in Collin County right now. You know what's crazy is I hear so much about buyer fatigue and, you know, they're just deciding to get out of the market because they can't get anything. And I put offer after offer and I still can't get it. You know, it just thinks that maybe it's the type of house they're going after. Uh, I am seeing though, and you tell me if this is the same for you, because Brad and I show different types of houses. We just typically work in different price ranges and that's great, but I'm seeing a lot of homeowners putting their house on the market. That's just not quite the condition we would have seen it in, in other markets. Do you think that's affecting the uh, price that sellers or homeowners are willing to spend? Well, here's the thing, uh, you know, in my opinion, the, uh, when it comes to selling a house, it always comes down to it's always price or condition. 
And honestly, it always is price because. Yeah. So what are buyers willing to pay for a home that they can walk into that is completely finished? There's it's turnkey. They don't have to take on major remodel projects or just any, you know, any project at all. Those are the ones that are selling for the crazy numbers. Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree. I would agree. I see that too. Um, you know, and I, I just think that realtors in general should be just suggesting to their clients, they'll get more yeah. if they do the repairs, if they stage it. You know, I had some listings recently that, I mean, every single window seal was busted and it looked like a haunted house walking through the property. But at least we pre-ordered the windows because they are on a huge back order. And I understand a lot of sellers are having to do things like that and postpone putting their home on the market because they're waiting for these home repair items. But, you know. Here's the thing is, I think um, a lot of the homes I'm seeing, it's really comes to two things. It's paint and carpet. Those generally are not back ordered. So if you want to go to a simple, go to the paint and carpet, the windows and the, the things that are going to be back ordered. Um, they are going to add value to the home, but I think um, if you can at least get the paint and carpet in in order, nine times out of ten, that'll they'll. So, okay, Brad, when you're pulling reports, are you just using a MLS or using RPR or anything like that? Um, I just use a regular Netris. They have a great stats uh, section there that um, pulls up everything I need. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like pulling up a you know list to sold on four car garage homes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One day I'm going to have a four gar- garage home. Maybe not today, but you know, eventually maybe it'd be nice. <laughs> three. <laughs> Three's fine. Three's fine. I'll take three. Um, okay. So let me ask you this. I, you've been licensed for a long time. So I know you rely heavily on the MLS for data because you just know all those data points. And a lot of us, um, you know, seasoned agents know that. What, what was it that caused you to start digging into these reports? Because so so many times, you know, title companies push out reports. You know, I know CCAR pushes out monthly reports. But, you know, looking at these numbers, I mean, you said you look at them every week. Are you looking at these, pulling these reports once a week, twice, three times a week? I mean, because what you're looking at is when we're pricing properties and trying to, to spot trends in the market, I just don't think a weekly or a monthly at a glance is is true accurate market data. It brings in too many variables where I like looking at, you know, let's take in consideration the weather. I mean, do you pull variables like that to see, okay, did people take their home off the market because it was going to be kind of snowy or th- were they like, this is serious by weather. Let's get out there. What do you think? So here's the thing is, um, okay, go to your first question is why, how often do I pull the stats? Every day I look at what's coming on, the inventory coming on and inventory going off. That is something I just, I want to see every day what's going on there. Um, as far as the the more uh, um, larger, you know, reports, the ones that, you know, for Collin County, for example, or for cities in general, uh, you know, it's something I'll look at from, you know, on a, maybe a monthly basis. But, you know, really at the end of the day, real estate is sold. It's the values are based on very uh, specific uh, criteria. So I feel like you have to really dial in down to uh, to the neighborhood level to see, the real trends in what's going on in for a specific property or um, to have a better idea to, to advise your clients. So I believe that the um, focusing down on the as low as you, I started 30,000 feet and go all the way down to the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I would agree. I, I've noticed recently though, I've had to start changing the way I do comps because I'm looking at comps in specific neighborhoods that might not have had much turnover. So I'm like, okay, 
There's been two solds in the last two years in this neighborhood. What is my CMA supposed to look like? And, uh, you know, I find myself pulling neighborhood comps, pulling out within a mile, and then just seeing what the entire city as a whole is doing um, as if they were the whole city was a comparable, just to get a baseline of, you know, where where's the heartbeat of this market? And it's been, it's been truly interesting, you know, and as a listing agent, I, I've seen offers coming in all over the place where it really takes a minute to figure out what the market's saying for the final price of the home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, here's the thing is the, um, the when I do a market analysis, I start with pretty much zero criteria and I start with a map view and zoom in and then layer in the criteria as I'm looking at it. You know, comps are so much a double-edged sword because you have some communities where you only have, you know, two comps and they're not, maybe they're not even great comps because you're talking about like, um, you know, apples and oranges on these specific housing styles, right? Then you've got other communities, like let's say like Union Park, where there might be, you know, 15, 20 properties pending and the entire market's going to flip upside down within a week. You know, so it's definitely something you have to take in consideration with this crazy market. How have you been doing your CMAs differently? Well, you know, you actually hit a hit a point right there. I had a had a, um, somebody come to me with a issue with the appraisal you know, last week. And um, in the past, you know, of course, the appraisers have to have the um, the comps for, um, you know, solds. But there's a factor that needs to be looked at and, and you know, strategize in this situation is what's pending and how soon is it going to close? So what I suggested to the agent, I said, hey, look, go look at the pendings. Turns out there was 15 pendings in the neighborhood. Like, like yeah, I'm one, seeing that. I'm sold. seeing that. It's, it's like, okay, let me get my crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, or I guess, are you seeing in this market with offers having to be high and competitive and are you seeing listing agents that have accepted offers that are crazy high, but you know, with, you know, what maybe like a partial appraisal waiver, are they willing to be more flexible on close times just to help ensure that appraisal? You know, what's like interesting if- is I I'm seeing, I've saw in the last month or so, I've seen more um, private description um, remarks uh, saying seller needs 30 to 60 day lease back because I'm pretty sure what they're doing is, is the sellers are rolling the dice on if they're going to get into their next house and they're hoping the home will come up on the market while they're doing their lease back so they can, um, you know, have a house and sell their house for the most amount of money. And so I think what's happening is a lot of people are, are going and putting, you know, putting their homes out there and asking for those lease backs so they can have that cushion of time when they can find their next house. Cause they're, they're having the same problems as finding a home for, for them to move into. So it sounds like you're saying that yes, sellers are being a bit more flexible in some scenarios. So that's not like a, a rubber stamp of you have to do a three week closing in order to be competitive. Your people are being flexible. They're being negotiable. Um, and w- really also I'm hearing that cooperating with other agents and answering the phone and returning phone calls is, is, is really important in this market. And I mean, this just helps all of the houses, all of the home values go up. We all work together, kind of cooperate. I can see in markets like this where our grassroots effort and just talking to one another and making sure that we can put our clients' best interest ahead of our own. I mean, it just benefits us all. You know, this is a relationship business. And in the relationship is, of course, the most important is with our clients. But 
it's equally, I believe, our relationship with fellow realtors. You know, this is where our value comes from. All right. Well, hey, Brad, thank you so much. Uh, I, I enjoy your perspective on uh, reports. I think checking these stats at such a uh, macro level is pretty, pretty incredible. And it is it is showing such different data than what you see on a monthly average report. I think that's pretty eye opening. Um, but, you know, I also know that you are very good at getting top dollar for your listings. So it makes sense that you're great at interpreting the market, looking at data like this. I think all, all agents, I'd say a lot of agents do, but some newer agents might not know how often to pull reports. I know when I got into business, I didn't know. I was just like, I pulled a CMA and that's the report I pulled on this whole neighborhood forever. Well, and this market has just changed so much. It's just, if you are not heavy, heavy in the numbers, it's just going to run you over and you're not going to understand why. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us again. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, we want to know it. So email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear us cover it this season. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And I will see you all at the closing table. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and Marissa Benet. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Ella Madden. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsell. Tune in next time, and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements made by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.